Welcome back to Industry Therapy. Today on our show, we are joined by Todd Schleckaway, President and CEO of NEAT, the Communications Infrastructure Contractors Association. This podcast is provided by the Telecommunications Industry Foundation. This podcast, as well as much more additional content, can be found at tiffonline.org. Please welcome your hosts, Michelle Kang and Scott Stecker. Welcome to the show, Todd. Thank you so much, Michelle and Scott. Really look forward to our conversation today. Yeah, and before we jump in here, can you tell us a little bit about your background and really what led you to join Nate Leadership? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Uh, so it's really been a good journey. I am, I've am i been now working as the president and CEO of Nate for 11 and a half years. So I started in June of 2012 and um, really been a really great experience, met salt of the earth people. Um, the industry's one that I've come to love, but I didn't come from the communications tower industry or the wireless industry. Uh, my background was legislative and regulatory, was public relations marketing. And so at the time I was serving in the state legislature in South Dakota, which is a citizen legislature. It's not your full-time job like some states. And um, I noticed that there was this National Trade Association that, oh, by the way, was headquartered in, in my home state of South Dakota. So um, I applied and one thing led to another. And it turned out, um, lucky for me, it, they were looking for someone who could kind of move the needle on Nate's legislative and regulatory initiatives, who could navigate that process and kind of uh, elevate the association from a PR and, and stature standpoint. And so so I have had to learn the industry. I still learn something new every day. But the, the the beautiful thing when you're in my role is the number of subject matter experts you have access to. And, and that includes many of our friends with the Telecommunications Industry Foundation, who we collaborate with closely. But But if I don't know the answer, I have a cadre of subject matter expertise on any issue that I can go to. And, and that's the beauty of, of my role, but really been a great experience. And I look forward to what the future holds. And Todd, one of the things I'm genuinely curious about, so Nate rebranded a couple of years ago. How's that been going? Has it been successful? Has your vision been met? Yeah, I appreciate you bringing that up, Scott. Uh, it has. We we knew that uh, with where the industry was headed, that we wanted to branch out, um, not deviate from our bread and butter, which is macro towers. We're, we're, that is always going to be our, our forte, so to speak. But when we would have conversations in D.C. on Capitol Hill or with regulatory agencies or we would go to these trade shows, we would often get folks who just thought all our members did was like stack big steel. And so it really wasn't telling the full snapshot of, of the entire ecosystem, right, that our members brought to the table, whether it's the contractors, the OEMs, the engineering firms, you name it. And so, uh, you know, Jimmy Miller, our chairman at the time, um, deserves a lot of credit because he he led Nate on a on a comprehensive path to rebrand. And we wanted to tell a little bit more in the title what we do. And it, it is a mouthful, but thankfully we could keep NATE as the acronym and have the tagline Communications Infrastructure Contractors Association. And it was really uh, visionary because now if you look at when the, when the generational investments, the BEAD program came out, which is starting to flow to the states in 2024 and 25, the, the rebranded name 
has opened more doors for Nate with stakeholders at the state level that we're trying to have when it comes to the bead funding, not only for our members to to apply for or to work for customers who receive that money, but also for workforce funds that are flowing to the state. So uh, from that respect, um, it was really a, a good move for Nate. Nice. And can you tell us a little bit about the future plan for the next couple of years? Yeah, our current chairman, Victor Druin from Green Mountain Communications, he's the chairman of the board and he he deserves a lot of credit. When he first became chair, uh, we kind of embarked on this five year uh, strategic plan for Nate. And what we do is every January. So we're going through this exercise right now. We we kind of uh, take a look. We sit down with our staff and we have seven pillars, core areas that we have pretty ambitious goals, both annually and over the next five years. And I'll just name the pillars for you guys to, so, so the listeners can hear what we're focused on. Uh, safety and education, membership, trade show, workforce development, legislative and regulatory operations, and then leadership and governance. So those are kind of our seven pillars. And we have tasks, assigned to each staff member. And uh, we visit it every quarter, every year, but it's updated annually. And that's what we're doing right now. And so it's really kept us focused. It's it's kind of our roadmap, so to speak, on where we want to go, um, how we want to grow. We want to do it the right way. And um, it's, it's served us well. And maybe the seven pillars are a good segue into the next question. But there's kind of two industry associations. There's Nate and WIA. Can you explain to the listeners kind of the the mission and membership differences between the two organizations? That's another great question, Scott, and one that I, I get on occasion. Um, what I would say is, you know, Nate's primary membership category are the the contractors, right? The, the construction companies, the maintenance companies who 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 employ the tower techs. Who are doing the deployment, whether it be wireless, fiber, in-building, you know, small cells, you name it. And WIA's core membership category would be the tower owners, the vertical real estate companies. You know, so they were formed for the tower owner, vertical realtors. We were formed for the contractors. With that said, I would say we have a lot of mutual crossover members. We have members who are who are involved with both organizations. And I've been heartened. Nate has never worked closer with WIA during my tenure than we are right now. Um, we are we are in lockstep with with them on a lot of our legislative and regulatory initiatives, um, workforce development. We're collaborating closely on. So there's a lot of synergies between the two organizations. And at the end of the day, we're, we're both operating in this this larger ecosystem. And so um, a lot of their core primary members are the the major customers for our contractor members. So, so you know, it's in Nate's best interest to have a really good working relationship with WIA. And, and we have that right now. Yeah. In workforce development, you brought it up a few times. It's one of your key pillars. What are some of the key obstacles facing workforce development of the contractor uh, currently? And what does Nate do to recruit in the industry today? Very good question, Michelle. Uh, right now, if you look at where we sit right now, uh, 2024, um, first quarter of 24, what I would say one of the obstacles right now is this slowdown and pause that occurred on the wireless side last year, which we knew was coming. We didn't know to the degree it was coming. So 
Nate went and, and Nate is has invested heavily in workforce initiatives, and we'll get into that a little bit more. But right now, as we speak right now, one of the challenges is this slowdown has created a situation where you have um, what what became what we couldn't find enough workers. And now all of a sudden we sit here today and members are worrying about retaining their current workers and are, are they able to keep everyone? And so that's been a challenge because, you know, in, in the history of, of wireless CapEx will tell you that this thing is going to spike back up. But um, we're just in this pause, this natural pause after four or five years of massive spectrum deployments, you know, the early innings of 5G. So one of the challenges right now is trying to retain the current tower tech community. Now, in the past, you know, and when it spikes again, you, you know, we don't want to lose those those technicians to another industry and not be able to give them back. And then and all of a sudden we have to start back at grand, ground zero. So that's a challenge. Historically, you know, the, the two biggest barriers to to that, to trying to get a larger pool of tower techs are the work at heights and the the extensive travel that's required. And employers will tell you that across the board that a a prospective technician could check every other box, but if they don't want to work at heights, work in the elements and then have travel, then it's probably not a fit. And so wait, you're telling me a tower tech can't work from home? (laughs) No, come on, Todd. These are the problems we got to solve, man. Yeah, and I know I'm preaching to the choir, but but Nate has invested heavily. We put our money where our mouth is when it comes to workforce development. I mean, that's everything from a feature length documentary film, Vertical Freedom, uh, which is now on a, a lot of the major streaming platforms to be seen. Uh, we have hired a workforce consultant, Dr. Gemma Frock, who's interfacing with community colleges and tech schools across the country. We we developed our own Tower Tech One turnkey curriculum program to shop to those schools. So we are investing in it. But right now, as we sit, the irony is retention is is one of the biggest challenges. And do you have, you know, the, obviously there's been major peaks and valleys over the last couple of decades, but how do contractors really prepare for retaining those techs so they can be ready when the next spike happens? It's difficult, um, y- you know, what one of the messages, and we can get into this when we talk about Nate Unite too, Scott, but one of the messages you're going to start hearing Nate talk about more and more is this concept of customer diversification. You know, the companies that really had a difficult time in 2023 were the contractors who, who, whose only customer base are the handful of carriers. You know, if you were doing line and antenna work for two wireless carriers, 2023 was a very difficult year, right? But there's other verticals that many of our contractors continue to touch on, and whether that's public safety, government, um, electric vehicle, infrastructure charging, fiber, you know, and so we're trying to bring that message in a, to more of our members to allow them opportunities to at least look at, hey, how do I diversify my customer base? Let's switch gears a little bit. So let's talk more about kind of the equipment manufacturers, radio manufacturers. Can you speak a little bit about the value they provide to owners, engineers, and the third-party service companies? 
Yeah, and that's they're under the spotlight now more than ever too, Scott. I mean, we're we're proud that you know we have Ericsson and Nokia as Nate members, and some of the other OEMs are are pretty active within Nate. Um, one thing I would say is their equipment touches every every layer of the the ecosystem, right? The, the technicians install, deploy that their equipment. The tower owners house their equipment. The carriers are their antennas are interfacing. So they touch every layer of the chain. And so uh, they're critical piece. Now, one one thing that Nate's tracking closely is this whole open RAN radio access network concept. There was a, a partnership announced um, between Ericsson and AT&T uh, about this, this open RAN deployment. And Nate is hoping um, that that'll provide an opportunity for some of our members. And especially in light of Ericsson, you know, you may recall is, is, is gonna, going to be outsourcing more of their, their tower work, their, their crews, you know, they're, they, they downsize a lot of their, their field services in 2023 due to the slowdown. So the whole concept of open round is interesting. Dish obviously they had an outside the box model in their first phase of their network. So they're critically important. And especially also one thing I would say is this whole um, China issue with with some of the the, the equipment that, that's being removed. And, and so what I would say is that Ericsson's, the Nokia's, the other the other OEMs are not based in China, are in a pretty good position moving forward. But they're critically important. And what their equipment is also causing um, the work of the technicians to, to be more skilled than ever, if that makes sense. I mean, it's it's more technical than ever <laughs> when yeah. you're up on that tower and because the equipment's better than ever. And so um, it's going to be interesting and fun to watch how this open RAN um, deployment takes place here in 24 and beyond. And does... Nate foresee any training opportunities specifically surrounding open RAN? Well, I think so because it is more technical. Um, I'm not familiar with all the nuances involved with it, Scott, but I can tell you that it's going to require more training, especially the open RAN with, with, with it not being a one size fits all solution anymore. Right. I mean, so I think it's going to be critical. Um, the training piece to make sure that open RAN model and deployment is ultimately successful. Now, Todd, Nate has supported TIP for many years now, publishing some of our content, like our planning advisory notices. And this past year, we collaborated together on some videos, a white paper that was done on drone mappings in the telecommunications industry. Um, and we really appreciate that partnership. But, you know, looking to see if you could talk a little bit about TIF's involvement in your organization and what it really means for your membership. Yeah, and I first and foremost, I want to thank uh, TIF and your leadership and your team for for being partners of NADE. I mean, the subject matter expertise that TIF has available and that you engage you know, has really provided a lot of valuable content, first and foremost, to NADE. I mean, we the the Going back for years now, Michelle, the planning advisory notices that you you and Scott have been involved with, Scott Kisting's been instrumental in that. They have been critical to educating our our community, you know, the contractors, the technicians, um, 
roles and responsibilities of, of of everybody and educating them on on standards you know the the consensus standards it, it's critical and so i think the future opportunities are are endless uh between our organizations because we're focused on the same things right i mean at the end of the day it's safety it's keeping the men and women um safe and going home at night but also you know we always talk about and i know nate uh, TIFF preaches this as well. There's a correlation between the safety of the worker and the workforce and the quality of the network at the end of the day, too. And and so I think drawing on those parallels and talking about that more um, is is important. So we we appreciate the partnership uh, that we have with TIFF. And, and like I said, we really appreciate it as well. And I think one of the main things is, you know, TIFF's mission is trying to really uplift the industry by providing relevant, needed educational content. And one of the things that I am excited about, we started doing this past year is doing an annual webinar with Nate. And so um, mm-hmm. Nate, you guys hosted us in November to do a webinar. It's a, it's a mouthful, but it was called how compliance with the ANSI TIA 222, TA322, ANSI ASSP A1048, and TI5053 standards set up contractors, structure owners, and end users for success. And really, all, what all of those words tie back to is what you said on the correlation between safety and quality. And we want to do things like that to continue to help your membership, early, you know, the contractors that you're working with, really get to them and understand what issues they're facing in the field so that we can help um you know, mitigate some of those challenges with maybe some additional education. And so really just what I'd say to, you know, you and your membership is that's something that we would continue to like to do with you all. And so we're we're open if you have any additional ideas or thoughts of, you know, what is needed. That's really what we rely on you for. Yeah. And I one thing I would add, Michelle, is is I think there's going to be some synergies moving forward here. Um our, Nate has a safety equipment manufacturers committee, SEMC, that does testing events that we fund at the University of Dayton um, Research Institute in Dayton, Ohio. And I, I see personally some synergies of collaboration between Nate, SEMC and TIFF, um, you know, whether it be the, the partnering on the, the testing itself that some of your member companies already already do. Um, partner with the testing initiative, but also the white paper follow-up, the, the data that's produced. So I think the sky's the limit um, on a lot of that. And uh, we just appreciate uh, you coming alongside us being TIFF um, in a way that we can um, fulfill our, our our organization's missions. And Todd, let's talk about Nate Unite. It's coming up February 19th to 22nd in Memphis. What are your uh, thoughts on the show? Yeah, it's, it's that time of year, right, Scott? I mean, we're uh, we're four weeks out here as I sit here today, and and um, we're very excited. One thing that I've been very heartened by is, despite the the some of the slowdowns in the marketplace in 2023, some of the challenges, uh, we are um, our metrics right now are ahead of where they were last year, and that's from a registered attendee perspective, one month out. Uh, exhibitors sponsors so the 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 slowdown hasn't impacted the the trade show yet and that's a good sign and so 
Uh, one thing I love about Nate Unite is we're, we always have our flag planted in, in February every year, and it's it's kind of that first quarter of the year. A lot of our members and vendors use it as their showcase to unveil new products, and it's really a good opportunity to get a feel for, hey, what is 2024 going to be like? Because we have it in the first quarter. And um, so we're excited. One thing I'd like to mention um, that that's new to our show this year is we're we're starting what's called a customer diversification workshop pavilion and so we're going to have this is a concept we're going to try to grow each year but this year we're going to have three workshops from three what i would call different verticals that touch wireless but are outside of wireless and and so one of those we're going to bring folks from the ev infrastructure electric vehicle infrastructure charging community they're going to do a workshop on on some of the processes and how to how to work in that space. And we have members who work in that space already, but a lot of our contractor members may not know, you know, how to how to how do you crack into that that vertical? We're gonna have um a fiber deployment uh one oh one workshop. And again, it's it's easier said than done sometimes to just pivot and work in fiber because of the labor intensive nature of the work and the capital intensive nature of the equipment alone can be a barrier to entry. But there's niche parts of the fiber deployment space that we want to expose our contractors to. And so that's going to be one of the workshop sessions. And then we're going to have the federal government there. A small business onboarding rep is going to be there. Uh, many of our members uh, found work with with the FAA over this past year, which was kind of a godsend. Um, the FAA has a three-year tower project where they're replacing hundreds of towers that they own across the country. We had 82 members bid on the work. Um, and so we're hoping that more opportunities like that become available. But before our members can do it, regardless of the government agency, they have to be onboarded, right? And so that's going to be the focal point of that workshop. And so we're just trying to do things to incentivize our member contractors to think outside the box, you, you know, diversify your customer base so you're insulated the next time there's a there's a pause or a massive slowdown on the wireless side. That's such good news about the attendees. I was actually going to avoid that question for fear it wasn't a good answer. So that's awesome. And we're excited to be in Memphis. It's 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 a it's a city um, that obviously is not on the wireless. It, it's not a typical wireless stop. And so I think there's enough uh, there with with the with the historical sites. You've got Graceland, you've got Sun Studios, you have the National Civil Rights Museum, Beale Street, of course, you, you two know our Nate crowd. They they won't be bashful about visiting the 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 places on Beale Street. So I think it'll be a unique enough destination to incentivize people to come. And so we're just very excited about about Nate Unite 2024. Well, Todd, thank you so much for being on our show and sharing some of the things that you are working on with Nate as well as we head into the Nate Unite show here in a few weeks. Um, from us at TIFF, like I said, we truly appreciate your support and the open collaboration that we've had with Nate over the years, and we look forward to continuing that relationship. Thank you so much, Michelle and Scott. Appreciate both of your leadership with TIFF and Scott Kisting's leadership and look forward to seeing you at Nate Unite 2024 and making sure 2024's a better year than 2023. So look forward to working with you. Thanks, Todd. Thank you for listening to Industry Therapy presented by the Telecommunications Industry Foundation. 
the information expressed herein are the opinions of the individuals. They are not meant to supersede regulations, standards, or AHJ requirements that govern the referenced subject matter. To view additional TIFF podcasts and other educational content, or to submit a potential topic for a future podcast, please visit our website, tifonline.org.